Welcome you to the preaching service of the Scottsboro Christian Church, and we are certainly pleased to have you worshiping with us. I'm Otis Clark, the minister, and uh, a week or so ago, I had recorded 100 podcasts. And if you are listening and uh, and so forth, and would like to go back and, and listen to any of them, you can certainly do that. You can type in Scott's Four Christian Church dot uh, dot com, uh, and then uh, it'll give you the directions to follow. We all know that we're now in the month of April, and we all know that in a week or so that many, many, many thousands and tens of thousands of people may be thinking and hopefully thinking in a greater way about the death and burial and resurrection of Christ. Uh, today, I'm going to go back to the book of James, and this probably will be my last message in James for a while. We've been preaching a number of sermons from James, and I have made the comment that one of the reasons why I like the book of James so much is because of the many, many practical truths. Uh, there's just one right after the other. And today we're going to turn to the fourth chapter and read verses 13 through 17, but we're going to zero in on four words, and that is, what is your life? Let's listen to the reading of the word. Now listen, you who say, tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, yes, don't you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And then also going back to the book of Psalms in the 90th chapter and reading verses uh, uh, 10 through 12, uh, we, the, we read these words. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass, and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. May the Lord add his richest blessings to the reading of his word. What of your life? What of my life? I guess if I were sitting down and talking with someone, I would have to say that the teachings in the book of James reflect about how I feel about life. Absolutely unbelievable how quickly the years have flown by. And so today, we look at the teachings in James, and James applies the need for humility to our mindset about our lives and our plans. And as he discusses the fact that our life is just a mist, a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes, we learn some sins to avoid and some things to do. 
I uh, read this little bit of humor. I think you might appreciate it. One day a doctor called one of his patients into his office to deliver a very important, some very important news. And he said to the patient, I've received the results of your test and I have some bad news and I have some good news. Well, the patient was quiet for a moment and sensing the gravity of the announcement, let me have the good news first, doc, said the patient. So the doctor took a deep breath and said, the good news is you have 24 hours to live. Oh my goodness, shouted the patient. It's that, if that's the good news, what could the bad news possibly be? And the doctor replied, the bad news is I was supposed to tell you the good news yesterday. Well, life is so, so uh, going by so quickly. Very few of us live as if there is no tomorrow. So what I want us to see as we look at this scripture, that uh, it's like the popular musical song from Annie. The sun will come out tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I love you, tomorrow. You're only a day away. Now friends, don't get me wrong. In some respects, living as if there will be plenty tomorrows is good. But in other respects, it can be very bad. I have made these comments, and if you're listening, if you have a pencil and paper close by, I would encourage you to keep these before you because it is some very, very practical advice. And someone has said it this way, today is all that you have. Today is all that you need. Today is all that you can manage. Yesterday is gone. How badly we might like to bring yesterday back, we simply cannot. And no matter how badly we would like tomorrow to come about, it will come when it does. And so if we look forward to tomorrow with hope, then that is a fine perspective. But if we look forward to tomorrow with a presumptuous spirit, then we are in danger. As you know from our study of the book of James, James speaks very directly and practically about the challenges we face in our everyday lives. In this fourth chapter, James addresses the arrogance that we often display. And in verse 13, uh, the very first verse that we read begins with a parental authoritarian tone in that it says, now listen, you now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. So he is addressing the arrogance and pointing, seeking to point out the fallacy of such a thinking. But James wants to make it clear to us that we cannot know the future. None of us knows for sure what will happen tomorrow, let alone what will happen tonight. Now, before we get too far, let's make some clarifications. The fact that we cannot predict the future does not negate the need for planning. There is nothing wrong with making plans. Being a good steward of our lives necessitates the making of plans. Jesus advocated planning. He told the person who was getting ready to build a building to sit down and to figure the cost to be sure that he would have enough to finish 
the project. Jesus told us to plan for the future by laying up treasures on heaven. You see, as you read the Holy Bible from Genesis to Revelation, all the way through, it seems like, and maybe this is not appropriate terminology, but it seems appropriate for me, that all through that God is calling his children, his people, to seek to have a balance to life. And so, just as we look at those teachings in the Gospel of Matthew about not laying up for ourselves treasures on this earth where the moth can eat through, where rust can corrode, where thieves can break through and steal, but he says, lay for yourselves treasures in heaven, where the moth cannot eat, where the rust cannot corrode, and where the thieves cannot break steal or break through. And so what we need to see here is that Yes, we want to enjoy our time on the face of this earth, but also we want to make preparation when we breathe our last breath and what beholds the Christian. When my wife was a student at the University of Kentucky, she roomed with a young lady. Uh, my wife studied nursing at UK, and the young lady's name was Donna Brauner. And uh, I don't remember seeing this that often when I was going with Sharon, but uh, she said that Donna Brauner would always say, if the Lord wills. And uh, she was quoting me that, that she felt that I was always saying, if the Lord's will, if it is the Lord's will. And so when we look here in the book of James, James in the 15 verses, said, verse 15 said, Instead, you ought to say, it if it's the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this or that. So James asked a very important question, excuse me. What is your life? His answer, you are like a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes. And here is a picture of a teapot with steam coming out of it. And when, the, when we boil water in a teapot, the water turns into steam, but the steam doesn't usually fill the kitchen. And before it even gets a foot or two away from the teapot, we know it disappears. The vapor appears for a few seconds and then vanishes. No matter how thick or heavy that fog was in the early morning, it doesn't remain very long within an hour or two and it was gone. Brothers and sisters, I just encourage you and encourage myself as we are sharing these profound words from the book of James that all of us look at our lives. Life is going by so quickly. Only one life and it will soon be passed. And what we do need to understand is only the things that we do for Christ. These are the only things that will last. The truth is, life is short, no matter how long we live. Psalm 90.10 reads, The length of our days is 70 or 80, and if, uh, or if we have strength, yet their span is but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. And then the 12th verse in that 90th chapter said, Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And David also wrote in Psalm 139 and 16, All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. The good news is, is that all my days are written in God's book. But the bad news is, is that we can't get our hands on a copy of that book. So King David says that the average life is 70 years, some see 80. But even so, those years go by quickly. 
None of us are guaranteed to even receive 70 years. We cannot bank on 70 years worth of tomorrows. And what I want to look at as we seek to put all of this in perspective, to have all of us to understand more about what James is seeking to get across is the examples of uncertainty of life. All of us remember, as you're listening, as I'm sharing, the terrible, terrible happenings of 9-11. What a horrible, what an horrendous thing. And when we heard about the terrorist attack on September the 11th, 2001, I'm sure that uh, if someone had told us this is what is going to happen to the twin tires, this is what is going to happen to the Pentagon and all, we would have probably said, you're crazy. Friends, it may do us well to realize how tantamount, how horrendous that was, and how quickly that it took place. The pictures you see when you think about that are the Twin Towers, the World Trade Center, as they looked before they attacked. You see the ominous picture of the second plane as it prepares to collide with the second tower. You can see the shock and the terror on the faces of the people running as the first tower collapses. As the picture of the skyline without the towers and the billowing smoke from the destruction. Now here is the most sobering point for me is no one who boarded those planes, listen to me now, who boarded those planes, and no one who went had any idea that these kind of things were going to take place. Life, we never, never know. Back in December of 204, there was a, you might remember this, a large earthquake occurred under the Indian Ocean that resulted in a devastating tsunami. And hundreds of thousands of people were caught unaware, and they were swept away in the ensuing flood. A Canadian couple named John and Kathy, uh, or Jackie Kill of North Vancouver were frequent visitors to that Asian region and were on the beach when the tsunami hit. And the digital camera was recovered in the cleanup and it said the final images show a sequence of ocean shots as the effect of the tsunami tsunami became a reality. My friends, I'm sure that all of you, as you reflect uh, on such things as this, as you reflect on things such as 9-11, it just absolutely takes our breath. And friends, I could go on for hours with example after example from history. But let's think about the present COVID-19 pandemic we are experiencing. I know when they first started talking about it, and you know, they, they, oh, there's been 28 cases, there's been 54 cases. Never, never, never did I dream that it would turn out to be such a devastating, devastating thing. Absolutely absolutely unbelievable. I had a person to ask me just this week and we were talking and the person said, Brother Otis, can you imagine that we have been wearing these masks for two years? You know, we have here in America throughout our world, we're so used to, you know, fixing things immediately. We are in a day and whatever we want, we want it now. Well, we have seen some things that we can't get an answer to immediately some things that we have had to learn to cope with. I've heard some people go so far as to say that they think that this will be a part of our landscape for all time to come. 
And so I share with you that uh, all of you probably uh, have examples of things that absolutely uh, have scared you to death and that you believe possibly would never have happened. And then he says, not only do we need to challenge ourselves with the uncertainty, uncertainty of life. I know at different times, I commented from the Scottsford Christian Church pulpit, I said, you know, I have often wondered if I went for a checkup, if I went to see my doctor, whatever, whatever, and if he came back and told me that I had cancer, what would be my response? Well, friends, uh, a couple of years ago, I went to my urologist and, uh, and I began to suspect something suspicious. And he brought in a book and he turned it over on his side. And I knew that he was getting ready to tell me that I had cancer. And so we do not know. We do not know what we will experience before that we leave this world. And so James says, realize, realize the uncertainty of life. And I have found that there are very few uh, atheists in foxholes. I have found that most people want us to pray to the Almighty, the one who breathed into man the breath of life and gave him life, and also who gave his son that we might have life and have it abundant and the forgiveness of our sins. And he talks about not only this uncertainty of life, but also he talks about sins to avoid. James tells us that there are at least three sins that we need to avoid. First, the sin of presumption. presumption. The sin of presumption is an arrogant or maybe not so arrogant display of pride. Presumption may carry itself with a swagger, as did the rich fool that we read about in Luke 12. He thought he had many years to live, and I'll eat, and I will drink, and I will be married. This is how I'm going to do it. And you know, I have found that a lot of times that line of thinking can be very, very dangerous. Presumption, presumption may simply be the quiet, understated presumption that motivates many of us, causing us to think we have all the time in the world to, what, to do whatever we plan. We must not act like we are the ones who determine our future. We must learn to humbly acknowledge that all we are and all that we might be is in the hands of Almighty God. A second sin that we commit, and that is the sin of boasting. The Greek word used here has its roots in the characteristics of a wandering quack, which is like the medicine man of the frontier days of America. These quacks offered cures, which were not cures, and they made promises and boasted of things that they were unable to do. The sin of boasting is based on the invalid assumption that we are able to control our own destiny. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. How many times have we heard the boasting of a young, ambitious individual? I'm going to be somebody. I'm going to be a millionaire before I reach the age of 40. The boasting book and even abide in the ministry. I'm going to build the biggest church in the country. But James says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. You boast in your arrogance and all such boasting is evil, as he says in verse 16. Then there's a sin of omission. Verse 17, 
So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. A first glance in verse 17 seems somewhat disjointed from the preceding context. And, uh, but to know a better way and not to live by that is sin. And this is the most sin, subtle sin of all. What uh, is it to sin when we do what God has told us not to do? That's sins of commission. But we are not inclined to realize that what we don't do, what God has told us to do, is also the sins of omission. And so we must realize that we have been called, brothers and sisters, to be responsible people. We have been called as dads, as husbands, fathers, to be responsible. We have been called as mothers, as wives, and so on to be responsible. Responsibility is an astronomically important word. A Sunday school teacher once asked her students what the sin of omission is, and the child answered, the sin of omission are the sins we meant to do but forgot to do them. And James has been urging us, as he says in this book, tremendous uh, instruction, and that to be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Well, we talk about this, the sins that he talks about that we need to be careful of so that we will make the most of our lives, but we need a plan of action. And let me bring this lesson to a close by encouraging us to do three things. Let's trust God with our lives and our futures and let's live one day at a time. Most of you are too young to remember an earlier generation that used to add the initials and quotation marks, capital D period, capital v, v period, when writing letters that included future appointments. The initials stood for the words Deo Valento, meaning God willing. James said we should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And the Apostle Paul often spoke and wrote about this very, very thing, which it comes back to, if it is the Lord's will, it says in uh, 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 Acts 18:21, as he wrote to the church at Ephesus, I will come back if it is the Lord's will. In 1 Corinthians 4:19, but I will come back to you very soon if the Lord is willing. In 1 Corinthians 16, 7, I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. Now, I'm not arguing that we should literally add these words to every communication we make, but it certainly needs to be the attitude of our hearts and the sentiment of our words. How important it is, excuse me, that we seek to live within the parameters and within the will of God. Life is truly a vapor. Life here and gone in no time at all. And I want to share with you before it vanishes. Take notice and take time to thank God for life and for people before they are gone. And that brings me to point out, let's not delay obedience. There's an old fable that tells of three apprentice demons who were coming to earth to, to finish their apprenticeship. And they were asking and talking to Satan about their plans to tempt and to ruin people. And the first one said, I will tell them there is no heaven. And Satan replied, replied, they'll never believe that. This book of truth is full of messages about the hope of heaven. Well, the second one spoke up. He said, I will tell them there is no hell. And Satan replied, no good. Jesus, while he was on the earth, 
talked more of hell than of heaven. They will know in their hearts that the wrong will have to be taken uh, care of in some way. And then the final demon said, I know I have the answer. I'll just tell them there's no hurry. And Satan said, go and you will ruin them by the thousands. Friends, that's a big tactic of the devil that you have plenty of time. The most dangerous delusion of all is that there is plenty of time. And so we don't know about tomorrow, but we know about him who holds tomorrow. We need to hold to God's unchanging hand. And friends, there are beautiful songs with these phrases in them. I'm sure you've heard the song, I do not know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day, but I know who holds tomorrow and he holds my hand. And then the beautiful song, hold to God's unchanging hand. We must not delay for all we have for sure is this moment to appreciate, this moment to love others, and this moment to obey the Lord. Friend, I trust you have given your life to him, that you take a look at your life, I take a look at my life, and we just want to do everything we can in this life for Christ and be prepared when we take our last breath. Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, I have chosen to talk about what of your life because many of us know that what Jesus has done, that he gave his all, that he died, was buried and rose again. We know about his life, but many times we have not chosen to follow the one who came and spoke as no other spoke, who lived as no other lived, and who died and gave us a hope like none other. And I pray, Father, that you'll use this message, that you will forgive us of our sins, and Lord, help us to live a life prepared to meet Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.